toward the end of last year. Um, we're going to look at some of the things back in the day, maybe 2018, we did a series on salt and light, maybe sooner than that, I don't remember. Um, but it was a lot of science and a lot of math. Um, and we're going to pick that up because there's been some new discoveries, just a little. Just a little. Um, and we're going to look at that for this year in 2024 to catch up on what scientists are discovering that, one, really validates what the Bible has always said. And, and science and Christianity should go hand in hand, not opposing one another, because God is a God of creation, and scientists try to understand creation. Uh, so they should be together. You know, you don't have to believe in science and not believe in God or believe in God and not believe in science. As a matter of fact, we discovered last year that over 50 percent of now scientists believe that there is a God because the evidence is so starkly seen that they're like you just an intelligent creation cannot come from a non-intelligent source. It just doesn't make any sense. You can't get intelligence from slime. It, 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 it just doesn't correlate. And there are plenty of other proofs that they've been doing throughout the years. You can look those up if you like. But that's the reason why we're looking at this, okay, um, this year is because there are some discoveries that they're making in science that solidify some of the stances that the Bible takes. And I think now at the last days, which we are definitely in, um, and things are happening so quickly, do you remember? Well, we talked about some of the major developments that means when Jesus said that it will happen speedily, he says it like a tachometer, which means when it starts, it's going to happen very, 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 very fast. Not that as soon as he said it, it's going to happen fast. But as soon as it starts, it's going to happen fast. And we see that. We see that something has started and this thing is speeding up like, like nobody's business. Um, so one of the things that we discussed last year was um, the idea of quantum or atomic energy sources. Um, that was now discovered uh, 2022, where they were finally able to produce energy from an atom, and the amount of energy they produced was um, more than the amount of energy it took to create it. So what they really did is they just smashed some atoms together and uh, created an energy source. Now, this energy source, it takes about a little bit of liquid, about that much, and that can power your whole household for a year. I mean, for your entire life. Just that much, that much. And it comes from atoms, which is everywhere. So there's no shortage of atoms. It's just everywhere. So this means, um, theoretically, as companies are beginning to develop technology to commercialize this energy source, these companies already exist. They've been existing for a while. They're just not ready to go you know, full term, is that in a minute, our world is going to have an unlimited amount of energy. Do you know what this world will become with an unlimited amount of energy? Cars, houses, there's no shortage of electricity, let's put it that way, okay? There's no shortage of fuel because you won't need it. Um, so now, uh, Bitcoin and all these other digital cryptocurrencies will probably go from not being crypto to just digital currencies because now we have enough energy to actually promote that. Because right now it takes so much energy to run all of these algorithms for digital currency that we don't have enough. So now they have a type of energy source that can say we can run all of these. And not only that, based on what we're looking today, they have the type of psychological, uh, uh, technological and biological equipment that can run uh, equations that are, uh, how do I put this, encrypted, 
that are so large that our current computers can't, can't solve them. Now they have the type of biological uh, studying that's done that can handle a computer based off of quantum mechanics that can handle equation solving that our current computers cannot handle. Okay, so this means that when it comes to your digital currencies, they are encrypted, okay? So that means if you send me money, you've got an equation, and if it's my money, I have to solve it on my end. That's how that works, okay? You're not really doing it. The, the, the platform is doing it, but that's how it works. So now with an amount of equations that even that supercomputers that we have can't even solve, but now something even more um, a viable can solve means that everybody can be on a digital currency and we don't have to worry about there being a duplicate of particular equations and sources. How you feeling? How you feeling? I'm just, just, I, just, I just threw you right in there. I just wanna see how you, I just wanna see how you're feeling on that. Okay, keywords you should have picked up. Currency, digital, energy. All right, <laughs> that's it. You know, just somewhere along those lines, okay? All right, by 20, uh, in, in about two decades, they're saying um, that our world won't even look the same. You know, our world is completely different than it did when we were growing up. Internet, cell phones, FaceTime, way different, right? We didn't even think, this was like some Jetson stuff. All right, and we didn't think we would see it in our lifetime and when it started happening, boy, did it start happening, right? So what scientists are projecting is that in, in a couple of decades, a matter of two or three decades, by 2045, how we're living now is gonna look completely, how, how we're living then is gonna look completely different than how we're living now. And that is because things are speeding up. The other invention that has happened recently is the commercialization of AI technology. AI means that computer um, uh, software and programming begins to learn um, over time. So the more input you put into it, the more it learns. Now there are some problems with that, of course, but ultimately if you have enough energy, then you have enough capability of running your, your AI, your artificial intelligence, uh, to the nth degree. Right? It can just keep learning and learning and learning and learning, and eventually its answers will be better than our answers. Yeah. And that fits a bunch of people who don't want to read or study or learn, that just want to swipe, swipe, swipe. Do you understand? You don't have to do any problem solving. You don't have to do any cognitive thought. You don't have to do any thinking. And we're going to take all of those jobs and give them to AI, and you're going to be stuck with jobs that pretty much just require you to watch those machines right or to uh not even service them because they're having robotics that are matching that technology so i don't know what kind of job you're going to have um yeah may the lord bless you with that uh but <laughs> all right so you're looking at mostly just service industries um people that are serving one another are probably going to stay intact um, it's going to take a while for us to trust uh, computers and robotics for certain things. Um, but other than that, yeah. So those are some of the developments that we're seeing. So when the Bible says it's going to happen speedily, he means it. So my attempt by the Spirit of the Lord this year is to show you where science is and the discoveries that fit the Word of God so that you might have a better understanding of some of the stuff that is, that is in the word. Okay, this, this is new, okay? For years and ages upon ages, scientific study was separate than spiritual study. They just did not mix, all right? Um, now, scientific study 
is beginning to reveal some of the things that everyone already knew in the spiritual side. Now, what makes this good for us that are spiritual is now through science, we have a way of mentally seeing what the Bible is talking about rather than just being some abstract thought in our brain. It is, it is my hope that this study will increase your faith and a sense of purpose and passion as God is revealing through scientists the workings and the mysteries of his creation, both earth and heaven. Amen? Amen? Every week for the next 52 weeks, I'm going to say something like that as an intro. So it'll get better and better. <laughs> I don't even know if that was, that was good. But you understand. I want your faith to increase. My faith increased so much in just doing some of the studies in preparation this year. When I was studying last year, I just said, wow. The butterfly example that we looked at on last week, uh, for some of you that didn't know, I was talking to the Lord about this stuff. I was studying last year in preparation for this year. And I was talking to him about the spiritual realm and how it interacts with our natural realm. And that's when this butterfly landed on my finger. Well, I told it to get on my finger. And it got on my finger. And it stayed on my finger for five minutes or more. And I even shook my hand. And I have video of me shaking my hand, trying to get the butterfly off. And it wouldn't get off. And I knew me and the Holy Spirit were just talking back and forth about this, 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 this thing that I knew he was doing that he wanted me to see. And so this study... Is, is trying to increase your faith and understanding that the things in the realm of God are not so distant and not so abstract. Because they're knowing it and you're not knowing it and it is yours to know. Does that make sense? Why do they get to know it? They're not even going to use it right. We should know it, right? So that we might use it in, uh, with wisdom, right? Okay, so... How you feeling? Everybody feeling all right? You okay. All right. Let's, oh, ain't nothing to it but to do it at this point, right? That's it. That's it. You're just going to have to just jump in there and, and, and just be in there. That's, oh, where are my notes? No, not that one. Not that one. Sermons. Oh, okay. I always get so nervous. Because your understanding of this, some of y'all get attitudes when you don't understand. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Some of y'all are just mean when you don't understand that. You were like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, Lord. Uh, number two, this is extracurricular. Do you understand? This is not a necessity for salvation. This is a necessity for future discipleship. This is for those that are planning on working within the kingdom as God commanded that you make more disciples. This is for those people to equip us. Last year we did all you. Everything was about you, your reformation, your change, how you need to get back to what God wants. That was a whole year. This year we're going to be equipping for what God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. At least that's the goal. If it don't work, then I'll stop the series and we'll go back to focusing on, on you, all right? I mean, I can't, I can't push it further than you can go. I realize that. Yes? Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, 
verses 15 through 17. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Okay, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I would really circle knowledge, of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We can stop right there. Uh, Today I want us to look at the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. So it's the word made flesh, week one, the knowledge of good and evil. Something has just happened here. Because we know that they ate of that tree, right? Um, and death happened, and they knew that they were naked, and things got really crazy. All right, we're going to look at that in a little bit. But before that, let's talk about some experiments that we've learned a couple, back in 2018 that I'm going to bring everybody else up to date on, okay? The first is the double slit experiment. The double slit experiment. Okay. So scientists did an experiment where they took tiny bits of light, the smallest unit of light, and they fired it from a gun, and they had two slits on a wall. All right? So this tiny photon, as they fired them through one at a time, should either go to the left hole, go through the left hole, or go through the right hole. Make sense? because it's two slits, right? Okay, Um, so realistically, that's what they should see, which is here. You see that? As they fired it off, some went to the left, and back on the screen, the detector all the way in the back, okay? The detector, they either fired through here, right? Or fired through here, yes? Boom, 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 yeah? Okay, but that's not what happened. When they fired it through, they got something kind of like this. Okay, so as they fired the light through, right, the light started to do something different. The little bits of light started to make waves. And on the back of the detector, they showed what is called an interference pattern. Okay, so an interference pattern means that whatever that is, it wasn't solid. But the photon should have been solid, right? right? Left or right. But it wasn't. The interference pattern says that there were some bits of these photons that landed, if this is the slit, if these are the slits, right, then there were some photons that landed here, right, here, here, here. What's wrong with that? How did they get there? Does that make sense? There, it's landing in positions that it, it shouldn't even be in because there is a wall. You could either go through the left hole or the right hole, the left slit or the right slit. 
So these vote, these photons landed in places it shouldn't even land. But more specifically, there was a pattern in how they landed, and that pattern is what they call the interference pattern. The interference pattern is this little, it kind of gets dark in the middle and then slowly lightens up, right? This meant that it was a wave. The darkness and then the light, people's already like, I'm out. They was like, shoot. See, the thing about this message is when I get to the end, you're going to wish you really understood. That's how it always works on these messages. And then you're going to be backtracking. Then we try to explain it to somebody. You're like, it's kind of like it was like a, a dot. And then, it, and then you're gonna, it's, it's going to be messed up because you didn't really learn it because you had already checked out. Does that make sense? All right. All right. So what they really got, this is a wave. So if you push water, right, through two slits, that's what it would look like. Okay. That's an interference pattern. If it hit a back wall, then you'd have these gradients that we saw over here. Right? So they're like, that's, that's a wave. And it shouldn't be a wave. It should be two distinct columns where the photon landed either left or the right. The interference pattern is an equation that says all the possible and impossible places that that thing, that photon, can go. Okay, see, this is the part where the people that are just learning this should have shouted. Okay, I'm going to do it again. Everybody else that know it, y'all shout for them because they missed it. Okay, now, now watch again. This pattern suggests that this photon could be at all places at any point in time. All possibilities exist. Even possibilities that shouldn't exist, exist. See, that's a shouting point, right? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. The interference pattern says that this photon, and they did it with just one, too, okay? They did it with multiple, and then they did it with just one at a time. One photon made waves. Who did it interfere with? Itself? One photon. And not only did they do it with bits of light, they got real gutsy these years. In 2013, they were able to do it with actual bits of matter. Because light is a wave and it's a solid. And that's what they're learning. That's what they just learned. So light actually, the photon, and you need photons for everything in our creation. Everything. Nothing is alive without a photon. Nothing moves, nothing takes in energy or gets rid of energy. Life itself is light in our creation. Sound familiar to scripture, right? So photons in nature is like Christ in the spirit. Everything that is living has to interact with photons, all right? The, the calories that you're burning right now, photons. They're hitting each other and heat coming off of them. That's just the, that's the nature of it. What you see, if you can see me, photons. Light hit, you hit, my photons hit and they picked up in your eye. Your eye was like, ooh, that's pasta. Okay, everything. Sound, same thing. Waves, sound, every, okay, you got it? So their experiment showed something that no one thought was possible. And that is that this bit of matter could actually be in all places even places that were impossible for it to be. And, and how is this? How could the, the bit of matter be in all places? Now it gets trickier. Because this now tells us, man, this is some funny stuff. 
I could be here and on the other side of the wall without actually opening the door. That's the kind of stuff this thing is talking about. All right? That bits of matter could be in places that it shouldn't be. All things are possible now. That's what the interference pattern says. When it comes to matter and our nature, all things are possible right there. That's, that's in the natural, like table natural, not spiritual, okay? Now, connecting the tiny micro to our macro is a concept we're going to be in by the end of the year. Like, if it does it with bitty, 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 itty, bitty pieces, does it do it with big human beings, right? We're going to look at that by the end of the year, but we've got to start here. Because these questions answer concepts of heaven, That's, that's what we're building, is they, the science that they're studying begins to answer questions of another realm. The realm we know of via the Bible that has always been abstract. These scientific discoveries began to say, no, we are scientists to say, this stuff is real. And they call it spooky. <laughs> literally, they call it spooky things at a distance. That is literally what they call it. Einstein penned the theory. He was like, I don't know about that spooky stuff at a distance. And they, and they kept it. Because every time they tried to disprove it, they kept proving it is some spooky stuff going on in nature. Now, the thing that they did, the next part of the slit experiment is really going to blow your mind. All right. So they wanted to figure out what's happening, right? Like, when did the photon or the, or the, the, the little bit decide whether it was going to be a wave or interference pattern. Like, how, how did it become an interference pattern? When did it decide to do that? So they put a detector. Okay, let's just say they put a little detector. Look, a little camera. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Let me just, and then, um, and then, okay, and that's my version of a camera. All right, they put, they put a camera between the light source. They put a camera between the light source and the wall right yeah. to figure out what this wave is doing right. and when they did that it collapsed and became two separate spots you want me to want me to do it again yeah. see see <laughs> when they wanted to discover like how was this bit of a photon or this bit of thing become all places at all times so they put a camera to say and watch them two slits and see what happened. And when they did that, it did what it was supposed to do and be two columns, either on the left or on the right. It was like, how did it know that we was watching it? So they said, I don't know. They said, well, let's put the camera on the other side. So they put the camera on the other side. Like, maybe you shouldn't look at it from this perspective. Let's see afterwards when it come through, what it gonna do when it come through. Did the same thing. Two separate columns. And they're like, how did this tiny bit of matter know that we are watching it? Now, this is when the stuff gets really crazy. Thought that was crazy, okay? So now people are saying, well, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's how your camera is interfering with the, with the area, right? That's, that's possible, right? So then that's what they did. They said, well, we're going to run the camera. We're going to leave the camera right there. But we're going to turn it off. 
See, if the presence of the camera is causing the interference and causing it to go into two columns, they said, we're going to leave it there, not touch it. We're just going to turn it off. Guess what happened? It went into two doggone columns. How did this thing, how did the bit know that we was not watching and then we was watching? How did it know? They even got slick. They said, we're going to put the camera on this side, right? Right after it had to choose, right when it passes through in a millisecond, we're going to cut the camera on when it goes past. So the, the bit will go past the camera, right? And then they cut it on. And it was like it went back in time and became two doggone columns again. No matter how many experiments they run, and they've been running them for a couple hundred years, two centuries, okay, with more modern equipment, they keep finding out that these tiny bits of matter adjust based off of your observation. That all of creation is made up of these tiny bits, and these tiny bits decide whether they're going to be left or right when you observe them. When you observe, just because you decided to observe them, then they'd be like, mm-mm, psych your mind. We normal. We're exactly what you expect. And then when you're not measuring us, we could be anything, anywhere, all possibilities. But when man, not monkeys, they've tried, right? Not rats, not snakes. When man has to take that information is when it decides to pick left or right. And when we're not taking any information, it's a world of all possibilities. This is crazy, isn't it? I know. People are, I don't know if those are shock faces or I'm confused faces. Shock. That means all of your all of what you see, all of you, everything around you has the propensity and the possibility to be absolutely anything at any point at any time. What determines is your observation. That is paramount, yes? So whether they, when they did that, it was either, as soon as you look at it, try to figure it out. As soon as you have knowledge of what that piece of matter is doing is when that matter falls left or right prior to you trying to measure in order to obtain knowledge all possibilities still y'all don't want to help me preach today the lord god took man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and keep it and the lord god commanded the man saying you may surely eat of every tree of the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die It's something about mankind's interaction for measurement, for knowledge, that now forces something that was in it. Now this is, this is, so scientists had to conclude one thing, that this pattern of interference that we're seeing means that that tiny bit is present, but it is in 50% in both places at the same time, right? It's in 50, is left or right? No, 50% at the same time. Not it has a probability of 50% of going left or right, but that it is currently in a state of either or. 
currently, of all possibilities, is currently where it sits. This is the conclusion they're coming to. Okay, so this means tiny bits of matter, until you observe them, could be just about anywhere, at any time. And then you, just, then you observe it and boop, boop. Stop. I'm doing what you expected me to do. But before that, they're in a realm that we cannot see or detect where they are in all positions at all times. And then when we measure it, it falls into one position, one very specific position, right? How you feeling? Okay. You good? You good with this? That's a big deal, huh? That's a huge deal, especially when you look at something like this. Second Corinthians three verses four through six. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Second Corinthians three verses four through six. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. If knowledge of what we're measuring of this bit is the very thing that stops us from seeing that bit in its true state, its truest state is in all places at all times, right? When God said as a law, don't eat of it, and we do eat of it, now something dies because death has entered the world. What has died? What, what, what are we now missing? Because now we're measuring something in the earth, and that's all we can see. Whereas before then, we could see what couldn't be seen in the earth, and that is the flux state in the realm of every bit of matter in all places at all times. Hello? No, you're not quite getting me on that. Let's go down. Let's go back to Genesis for a second. Okay. Genesis 3, 8. I'm going to come back to the, for the, the spirit gives life and the letter kills on next week. Okay. Um, but for those of you that are excited, all right, that verse is pointing towards the concept of entropy. Entropy. Yep. Never mind. All right. Don't even worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it next week. All right. Okay, well, okay, 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 let me, okay, let me just, let me just help you out, okay. The idea that these bits of matter can be in all places at all times says something about time. That time is no longer some construct that events take place in. But this is now proving that the only thing we have is present. That the past is a collection of memories. The past only exists in the present. The future is just a concept of the mind. So the future only exists where? In the present. The past only exists in the present, and the future only exists in the present. So mathematically and through, through physics, scientists construct a lot of experiments and a lot of mathematical theorems to say something very key that time going in a, a sequence of events is not necessarily how time operates. 
Like we know if I, if I let go of this pencil and it drops, that me letting go is the cause of that pencil dropping. Scientists are saying this is not true. The only thing you did is uh, statistically see how many places this pencil was every single now moment. Okay, if I drop it, you would think by way of time moving in a certain direction that my hand dropping it was the cause of it falling. Mathematicians and physicists are now saying, and this double slit experiment helps to prove that, that time is not necessarily causal. Do you understand? But you just keep looking at it at certain bits where it could be at every given point. But just like it could be here when I let it go, it could also be here. Because until we try to measure it, all possibilities exist. So time is not causal, it's just snapshots of everything that is possibly happening. Not necessarily cause and effect. Okay, that's big. Because now if all possibilities exist, then, it, then this could just be there. And you just so happen to look away and look back. Entropy says that no matter how many times you look in your sock drawer for a particular sock, the socks never get more organized. They just get less organized. All right. So entropy is the only aspect of all the other laws of creation that suggest time might have a direction. Entropy is that, because entropy says things just keep getting more disordered over time. Well, more ordered over time, okay? Yeah, more ordered over time. So you, look, you look back and the sock drawer is not magically going to be more ordered than what it is, okay? But looking back is just a snapshot. When did you decide to observe that particular atom? When did you decide to observe that bit of matter? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But where you observed it is theoretically impossible from where it came from. So then it suggests that time and the flow of time is not actually what we live in. I'm, we, got a, we got a long way for y'all really grasp that. So if you just kind of have it lightly in your head, that's perfect. That's perfect, okay? We got so much more to get to to really understand that truly. So Double Slit says that all possibilities exist until a mankind decides to observe it. And when we observe it, then that thing solidifies. The whole possibility, the wave function, they say, collapses, all right? And it becomes one specific place, yes? So before that, it was all these other places until we observed it, yes? It was in a realm, it was a realm and a state that we cannot see. So now look at Genesis, are you in Genesis 3? Yes. Verses 8 through 11, are you there? Amen. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Stop right there. For years of my life, I've been trying to figure out how do you hear the voice of God walking? Right? Voice has to come from a being. A being that is walking, apparently. So is it possible that before they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were able to see the omnipresent God 
able to be in all places at all times, they could see and talk to him. But now that they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, trying to measure, y'all don't want to help me here today, trying to measure what is good, trying to measure how good they are, trying to measure if they're like God, that they lost the ability to see the realm where all things are possible. So now you just hear his voice. He walking around. You can't see him. You're like, I don't know where he about to be. He's coming. I hear his voice. Just, just duck down, duck down. So not only did it affect what they saw in terms of their inability now to see the presence of God, right? Which makes sense if he's omnipresent. He can be in all places at all times. You have to have a very specific way of seeing, right? That is different than how we see right now. You have to be able to see Something that is always a fluctuation of all possible and impossible things. You got to be able to see that, right? You lost that. Because Satan came and convinced Eve, you know, you won't surely die. Because God knows you'll be more like him. Once you hear you'll be more like him and you agree, you are now measuring your likeness against y'all don't want to help me today you're now trying to achieve knowledge of how good you are and how not good you are you are now measuring events and now by your measuring of these events right you've collapsed your wave functions and now you're living in a realm where all wave functions collapse y'all don't want to help me so so now without faith which is seeing not as things are but as they should be right now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. So now you need faith in order to truly see in the realm that this earth will not allow you to see. This is not, um, this is not a metaphor. I am not giving you analogies. I'm giving you scientific facts that coincide with spiritual facts within the Bible. I am not making this analogous to science. Do you see the difference? I'm not saying this is like, I'm saying it is. Science has proven that these bits it, it live in a realm, exist in a realm that we cannot see. And Adam and Eve are the first ones to experience what that realm was and what it's not. And so Adam responds to God he says, we hit ourselves, huh? They hit themselves amongst the trees, but the Lord God called to man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then God says, who told you you were naked? See, if you're in a realm of all possibilities at all times, you can have clothes on, no clothes on. Nothing can really harm you because as soon as that snake tries to get you, uh-uh, I'm over here. Psych your mind. Uh-uh, you ain't going to get me. I'm over here. You don't even need clothes because there's nothing that can harm you because you're in a constant state of fluctuation of all possibilities. But now that you started to measure, now that you're trying to compare, now that you're trying to get your degrees and all, trying to have some knowledge of some things, all of a sudden, you can no longer see those things that are seen and perceived by a different type of sensing that God gave man. You've lost that ability. Now you just see one state or the other. And in this state, you are naked. 
And in this state, you are vulnerable. And in this state, there are things that can harm you. In this state, there are things that are shameful. Whereas prior to that, you were in all states. Realistically, you could see yourself. Not that you were actually there because you're not omnipresent. But you could see your being doesn't need clothes because it's constantly fluctuating through all possibilities. You know that. Right? So if a snake comes to bite you and the Lord says, you ain't going to bite my baby. You in a state where the snake didn't bite you. (laughs) It's irrelevant. All possibilities exist. That means you are always capable of doing the will of God no matter what. I don't want to. You are always capable of doing exactly what the will of God is. If it's a mountain, there's a state that you can say, be thou removed. You're constantly able to do the will of God no matter the external circumstances of the earth and the dust that your body was made in. Because now it's not about your body as much as it is about your sight. Your sight, how you see things, right? You have dominance because of over the over creation because you can see things. Adam named animals because he saw. What did he see? The entire state of that elephant. Yeah. Right? He knew this is what you do. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You eat this. You could only know that if you see all the possible states of that particular animal. In order to name it, right? If I see you just standing there, I'm like, you a refrigerator. See, that's not, that's not right. You're not a refrigerator because you're also going to do this and do this and do this. And so now with that knowledge, able to see God's creation truly, without it having to be physically demonstrated, is now Adam's ability to name animals. He doesn't have to physically see that animal eat to know that that animal is an herbivore. Well, technically all of them herbivores at that time but nevertheless so I'm not speaking in metaphors we're speaking of actual scientific facts that reveal some of the things that our Bible has always said the voice of the Lord now you cannot see his presence because you try to measure try to measure something you try to acquire knowledge in a way that God never said and now you're shut down from that ability now things are just here or there and entropy comes into play because it says for the wages of sin is what? Death. So now things are constantly moving to a place of, 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 of further away from equilibrium. Right? Further and further away from the order that God set. And it, it gets really interesting, but we'll look at that next week. Yes? So now he says, I hear your voice walking. The cool. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree? Absolutely. Of which I commanded you not to eat. Yes, I did. I did eat of that tree. And now you have knowledge of good and evil. But that knowledge of how to measure things was never supposed to be the realm that you lived in. Because you were spiritual and you lived in the realm with the Father where all things are possible. That was left to animals and beasts like the serpent. We're stuck there where they cannot see the realm truly and interact in that realm. But you, you observe something and everything changes. When the Adam, the man, observes something, everything changes. Of course, he has dominance over all things because when he looks at it, it is what I say it is. All the creation is like, these doggone humans, I tell you what, they are amazing. If you got an animal that's not enough water and you need some water, you just look, you look over at a minister and be like, hmm, they need water in all the realms. Here's, here's water. There you go. <gasps> we love man. 
because the whole earth all groans for the, re for the revelation of the true sons and daughters of God. Like we know what you guys are capable of doing when you, oh, please come, come and rule and reign the earth appropriately. How you know? You got to know scripture in order to really uh, get this. So let's look at the, the next concept today. This is the last concept. And then I'm, and then I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go home. There's another scientific experiment that was done. And this is the one I'm gonna add upon for those of you that were here back in the day. We're gonna add upon this concept. There was another experiment that was done where scientists began to recognize that atoms, or little bits of matter, an electron, a photon, a neutron, a proton, all of them, when these two things, when you take one and you split it, right? Let's say a photon. You take a photon, and that photon probably emits a, 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 a deep purple, okay? A deep purple, that's the amount of energy it gives off, okay? Deep purple, just constant energy. Okay, let's back up. Let's understand how this energy happens. Okay, so before I tell you that, let's understand atoms. Okay, so atoms, do you remember they kinda, when you were in school, look like, so this is the, this is the nucleus, right? And then you got these other things that kinda re revolve around it, electrons, Okay, so you got these electrons, right? So you got these atoms, and it has all these electrons running around, okay? Just, okay. Now, what scientists have discovered, this is old news, okay, nothing new here, is that these orbits that these electrons run on, they have very specific places they can be, okay? So this, little electron here, if it's here, that's, it's the state in it, 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 what the, it just keep disappearing on me. Cause, cause we looked away. <laughs> that was good, that was good, Shani, that was good, that was good. All right, so this electron likes to be on this, this ring, okay? Energy, heat, life, happens because this electron interacts with something and it drops down to here, okay? When it does that, then it emits heat when it drops down, only when it drops down, okay? Eventually, it's gonna make its way back up. Now, what scientists discovered is this dropping from here to here, the, the electron doesn't necessarily pass through that place. It just disappears and reappears. This stuff done got weird, man. Again, they say it's the same as the, 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 uh, the wave pattern, is that it's in a state just ever so slightly of all places, and then it appears. 
it never really passes through to get to that lower state. It just disappears and then reappears. You're like, what? What? But that is what causes energy and heat and life and everything else, okay? Is electrons moving to lower states and then eventually popping back up to where they're supposed to be, lower states, and then popping back up. That's how you got light bulbs, gas, heat, calories burned, sweat, all of it, right? So, this, so it never really passed through, it just showed up, which is very important, okay? So now, understanding that, that they just, even at the microscopic level, they're just, they're all in the realm. They're just like, boom, boom, we just be wherever we want to be all the time. So there's another experiment that scientists did, and this took bits of um, matter, all right, uh, similar to like a photon, and it split it in half. So you might have a photon that emits, uh, let's say at the purple level, the deep violet level, ultraviolet, all right, and they split it in half, so that means each half has less energy, right? So now they're both emitting like a red level energy, okay? Violet to red, okay? So now, red here, red here. Both of them just split in half. What they find out when they split these photons in half, they send one thousands of miles to another country, right? And the one that remains, they adjust it. And then instantly, the one that they sent a thousand miles away adjusts. Instantly. Now, this causes a lot of problems for physicists, all right? Because what happened to nothing can travel faster than the speed of light? Because instant is faster than the speed of light. <laughs> That's a whole other quandrum they're over there trying to figure out, and it's a, it's a huge debate, right? People are like, yeah, just give it up, okay? Things can move faster than the speed of light. They're like, yeah, but we can't do it, so it doesn't count. They're like, you being petty, but we can you know? So they're having a whole discussion about this. All right, they're having a whole argument. We don't know where it's gonna stand. All we know is this happens instantly. Okay, see, atoms and photons and all of these things, they have a spin, okay? Okay, so they either spin up and down or left or right or, you know, diagonal. You see what I'm saying? They got a, each one has its own unique spin. This is why quantum computers are so important, okay? It's because rather than one, zero, 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 one, 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 zero, 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 which is how computer programming works, yeah. all right? Rather than having a limited amount of those possibilities, you have every possibility that every photon, electron, and neutron could possibly spin in. Up, up, down, down, up, 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 left, right, left, right, up, up, down, left, right, left, right, up, 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 up. And you just, you have four, five, six, seven, in every direction that these things could possibly spin now becomes a coding. That's why their computers are so big and they can do so many equations and all this kind of stuff. It's because, and that's, that currently our military uses this type of information because it really hides all secrets because you can, whatever we do over here, Encoding that particular, okay, left is gonna mean uh, uh, shoot, right's gonna mean don't shoot, okay, uh, hypothetically, all right? Whatever we do to this one right here, instantly, instantly changes this one, and it's always gonna be the opposite. So if we go left over here, left says we're gonna shoot, y'all gonna get right over here, you're gonna know that means shoot. 
and no one has enough time to intercept your message because it happens. There you go. There you go. This is current military technology. Stuff is getting crazy, man. So they just hoping you never read. Hoping you never read, you never really understand as a Christian what you've always known is right at hand. And what you were supposed to be trained in living in, you don't even know. You don't even know your own religion. Meanwhile, they're using everything that we have spiritually without no extra equipment. They're using it with all the equipment. There's unity within the spirit of Christ. How? Because the spirit of the Lord is within each and every one of us. So we all have unity in terms of left, left, man. I'll tell you, just left. I I can't see it no other way. We have that naturally by faith. They got to make equipment in order to... And then you see, it's, this is not an analogy. This is a physical fact. <sighs> okay, so when they shoot, when they divide this uh, electron and they shoot his partner way down into another country, all right, and they, they tap it and they cause it to spin, it spin the other direction. Instantly, the one on the other side does the same thing, spins in this opposite direction. And they've been doing this for years. Okay, so this is a fact. All right, it happens instantaneously. Now, part we're going to add to this is they took this this concept is called quantum entanglement not Jada and Will a different type of entanglement they wish they were this united okay (laughs) quantum entanglement it says that any time you split an atom or an electron a neutron a, a part of an atom that those two parts will always stay connected Now, this was huge because, for me, it helped my grief with my mom. Because I knew emphatically that every cell in my body came from her body. And this means emphatically that every cell I have is still connected to her. So everything, I'm like, you feel this. I know you feel this. I don't know how you feel it, but you, you, you. Because instantly in a realm that is uniquely different than this realm. But scientifically proven. Right? Interesting, huh? Butterfly. You got to keep the idea of that butterfly in your head as a testament because that's the only reason he gave it to us. As I said, Lord, if this is truly you, something you're trying to do to communicate between that realm and this realm, in terms of what I'm learning, then this butterfly will come on my finger and stay. And it stayed for over five minutes. Now, I was doing this. I just wouldn't come on. Right? So now, this experiment of quantum entanglement says that every tiny bit of matter, when we separate it in half, they're always going to be connected. We're going to split it. Because isn't that what happens to this baby cells? It splits. Yeah, I don't want to. Anyway, let's, let's, let, me just, let me just move on. I'm going to split when the baby in the little womb and they're like, bloop, bloop, it's split. Okay, never mind. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> right? So, so they're always connected instantly. They just know. They took this quantum entanglement and they coupled it with the double slit experiment. Okay, so they took. Okay, I can use this one. 
See, this is already pre-drawn. See, you ain't even got to worry about it. All right. Okay, so they took a piece of uh, a photon, right? They split it in half. They told one piece to go to detector A. Uh-huh. And the other one to go to detector B. Okay. Right. So at one experiment, they made detector A really close, like right here. Okay. And they made detector B very far. Right? When detector A split got here, right, and they measured it, they didn't measure it. It was an interference pattern. It was just all possibilities. When detector B got here, it had already decided, because we were measuring it, but then it decided to be an interference pattern. But it got to A first. So they split it. They split the photon. They sent it to to sensor A, which was shorter than sensor B, right? So it hit sensor A, we didn't do nothing to it, just hit the sensor, it said all possibilities, interference pattern, right? When we make sensor B decide something, okay? All of a sudden, it's all possibilities when in actuality it shouldn't be. Let's do it again. Let me do another experiment that says the same thing because I got two of them in my head, okay? They took a photon, they split it in half. All right, now you got two photons from the same thing, okay? They're connected by quantum entanglement. Photon A, it's not on this picture, it's a different exp experiment, but use that to help. Photon A, they put what you call a path uh, selection. They made photon A pick if you're gonna go down path A or path B, okay? So photon A, well, one or two, all right. Photon A had to pick, are you gonna go down path one or path two, all right? And it's shorter distance to get the result than the one B that we sent long way. But B gotta make the same choice. Are you gonna go path one or path two? Now since these two bits are entangled, if A chooses one, then B is gonna choose what? One. Two. It's the opposite. You meant the spin is the opposite. But you got the concept. You got the concept, but it's the opposite. It's always the opposite, okay? So if it chooses, uh, if photon A chooses to go down path one, then photon B be like, oh, what are we doing? Two, there you go. We're gonna go down two, and because it, it does the opposite, okay? Photon A say, I'm going down two this time. Photon B say, bet that, I'm going down one. All day, all right? The problem here is that when they adjust the distance, even though one has already decided, the other one undecides and does the counter of the, of the first. And they're like, how did you go back and you, you can't undo, you just, how did you, we already got this and then you went back and went to two when I went to one, but I went to my one first Then you, how'd you? So it always, no matter what circumstance, adjusted whether it hit before or after the first. That's crazy, right? Okay. Okay, so one, this is another experiment. So they said to themselves, well, let's try to send, they did a polarizing uh, apparatus. This apparatus right here determines when they split electrons, and, uh, when they split photons, which ones are gonna go on the left and which ones go on the right. Because it kind of filters them. 
Everybody that spins up goes to the left. Everybody that spins down goes to the right. So they pretty much put this filtering thing so that all the, the ones that they want go in here, okay? So this little filtering thing right here kind of tells you which one off the top you're measuring which, which way it's going, right? So this coincidence counter is something they added. Now this is, let me just finish explaining, okay. The coincidence counter says it's gonna mark every time the photon gets to A and within a couple of you know, microseconds gets to B. Every time they both hit their target, right? It's gonna mark it one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, right? It's gonna know, boom, A hit, boom, B hit. A, the partner hit, then the partner hit. You hit, then your partner hit. You hit, then your partner hit, because they were split, right? And it's keeping up with all these bits of photons that split and making sure everybody up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, and everybody's syncing up, right? So it's like bet. So now they're getting information. They're observing these photons to see at large scales, do this, does this still count? Does it still hold up? And it's not just a sample. And at very large scales, these things are still doing exactly what they thought they were gonna do. But see, the thing here is now we have very distinct paths for each one of these bits, right? Yeah. So they decide, well, what if we keep the filter but adjust it so that everybody passes through, right? Everybody passes through and then we turn the counter off. We don't move it, we just turn it off and we let everybody pass through. Right? So this means we're interacting because the, the, the problem with the first experiment was people kept saying that because human beings interact, then it automatically makes it a bias. Right. Okay, it's like trying to, you gotta press a button on a beach ball in the middle of a lake. Every time you try to get to the beach ball, you disturb everything you're trying to measure. Right? right? So they're saying you can't do that. So then they do it where they're measuring everything and it falls into two distinct ca categories, and then they turn the data off, and it's, now it has an interference pattern. So it's not our presence, is what they're trying to say, that actually affects this. It is just merely human beings observing and trying to measure. And so now they discovered that even when you take one photon and split it, that if it spins left, then this one's gonna spin right. No matter how you do it, the spin is going to be exactly the opposite. That's how entangled they are. How you feeling? So to them, to scientists, they're saying, well, this is just randomization, right? It just, it just picks it. They're like, oh, one goes left, but it just randomly picks left. And the other one, because it's connected, has to do right, right? And it picks up, and the other one has to do down, the spin down. That's just, but it's, which one it picks, they say is random. But is it? But is it? Because it being random is like, you know, flipping a coin. Yeah. You know, heads, okay, now you gotta be tails, okay? You know, it's random. But what if it's not random? What if the realm that that particular split is in, in all states, in all positions, is actually governed by someone else? So when it shows back up, it's exactly where it's supposed to be. I want you to look at a really quick, a really quick verse in Proverbs. 
A really quick verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 16.33. 16.33. When you're there, say amen. Mm. Good job. <laughs> the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Okay. Okay. See, this particular verse is talking about a practice where casting lots was a form of random selection, but uh, the priests would use it in order to ascertain the will of God. So they would cast lots in the Old Testament and new. Okay. Examples of that are in Joshua 18, 1 through 10. When the Israelites left Egypt and conquered the land of Canaan, the promised land, Joshua divided the land amongst them by casting lots. It's like flipping a coin or flipping several coins. Does that make sense? David appointed his priests in uh, Chronicles 24 by casting lots. Uh, David's musicians were assigned their duties by casting lots. In, uh, as Jesus hung on the cross, the Roman soldiers divided clothing amongst themselves by doing what? Casting lots. In Acts 1.26, the following the death of Judas Iscariot, Peter was directed by the Holy Spirit to appoint a new, and a new apostle to take Judas's place. Two potential candidates were brought forward uh, cons for consideration, Joseph and Matthias. The apostles cast lots to make the final selection. The lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11. To some people, this is random. But Proverbs just told us, the lot is cast into your lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. The state that this could be in is all possibility. So when it goes to that realm and it shows back up, how it shows up was the Lord's decision. So this concept of our observation determines bits and tiny bits of matter in the world around us. This is where people get that manifesting from. So let's clarify this. We are not saying that we get to will something to be left or right, up or down. That's not what this is about. That's not Christianity, okay? They use this to say that we could just, we could think about it, just think it, think it, be it, be it, be it, think it, think it, and then boom, it's going to be left or right. That's not what we're capable of doing. What we're capable of doing by faith is being obedient to the will of God as we see it. Being obedient to the will of God as we see it. Make sense? Jesus was Jesus because he was obedient even unto death. Our, we are not here to change reality. We are here to see what is real and be obedient to that. To, really, to, to be able to see what is real versus what Satan presents is a wonderful thing. To be able to see what is real and to carry that out. And that reality, like casting lots, is determined by the Father. So when you're in the Spirit, you're learning the will of the Father. And that you might perform and be obedient to his will. You're not trying to change it. You're trying to bring it forth. Does that make sense? That's why he says, ask for whatever you want to ask in my name. And you'll have it while you're bringing forth exactly what you saw by faith. What you saw by faith. Everything the scientists are doing is stuff that you already have within your reach. Jesus told the disciples, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be. He's saying you can see it. Now do it here. 
If you do it here, then it's happening there. He's showing you that you have an observation skill of faith that begins to move things according to the will of God. Standing all over the house, standing all over the house. 